Random Art Tips and Rambles with Rafi. Hola, you amazing artists. It's Rafi. And Glee. And today we are going to talk about monies. Money. We got an interesting question, uh, something that I'm sure that a lot of people are going to relate to. I know that uh, as far as starting this art career, this was quite possibly one of my bigger struggles uh, that I needed to figure out uh, exactly how I felt uh, about the subject of money when it came to being an artist and oh, definitely. all the stigma that's attached to that. Being anyone who's trying to go into business for yourself, uh, money could be the singular focus, especially in the beginning. Uh, so our question comes from Melanie C. And she says, I'm an artist trying to make a living at it, but I always focus on the money. I've been very poor my whole life homeless at times, so my brain is in a constant survival mode, hence money-focused. Do you know a way to get myself out of it? Hmm. Okay. So, so money struggles. Yeah, that's an interesting question. I like the way that she poses that question because she's talking about her mentality. Yeah, where her mindset is at. And ultimately, what I've discovered in you know our uh, career so far as artists is that that makes all the difference like a lot of people when they approach us they're like how can i make more money and a lot of those like artist programs and stuff like that that are out there are all about like make money as an artist you yeah know? and so, when when we started uh this art career thing i had thought to myself for many years like yeah when we get to a place where we're good financially then i can stop worrying about it but it turns out if you worry about money you're going to always worry about money, no matter how much money is in your account. You are going to worry about, you know, I have an interesting uh, childhood because I've experienced what it feels like to be uh, wealthy mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, my, my parents, when I was younger, we, we had money. And then I've experienced what it felt like to be dirt poor. Because your parents lost it all. Right. right? Growing up dirt poor. My dad ended up going to jail and like my mom and I lived in a not even a real apartment. It was like a half apartment and the kitchen was uninsulated and on the porch. And, you know, when it came to school time, there was no new school clothes for like four or five years. Right. There, there were secondhand clothes. Back, and... back then, everybody wanted a new trapper keeper. I did not have any new school supplies. I was that kid that did not have any school supplies and had to bump pencils off of everybody else. Now, when I was younger... You know, it was massive. It was like, oh, you know, Christmas morning uh, came around. and looked like, like a toy store. Yeah, exactly. And it looked like a toy store. And then during that other period, I remember there was one Christmas where we had uh, basically like a little Charlie Brown tree. And uh, my mom had forgotten to uh, label one of the gifts for me. You know, and it was basically like four little gifts. It was four little G.I. Joes that she was able to get for us, for my brother and I. But she had forgotten to label one for me. So, like, they were all – and then she, you know, discreetly grabbed it, took it to the other room, scratched out his name and put my name on it. But I, I remember having that experience and feeling uh, poor, basically. Yeah. You know, being able to relate to a lot of those stories and a lot of the movies where you see, like, the poor kids – yeah, you know, especially the during the holidays. Yeah. They love to do that in movies. Yeah, the little the little trashy kids that live in the ghetto that uh, people lock their doors when you drive by. Like, I, you know, I, I grew up in that environment. So growing up, we weren't dirt poor, uh, but we were poor. And 
everything was focused around money. Like every, almost every subject was centered around money for my mom. Like my mom spoke in financial terms about just about everything. Everything was riding on money and money was attached to everything. So I grew up believing, A, money is very important for survival and B, we don't have very much. Right. So uh, survival is always kind of like hanging in the balance for us. Yeah. And so it puts you into this mode where like you do feel like your very survival is dependent upon money and there's never enough of it. And like it puts you in like sort of an animal brain fight or flight position all the time. Well, it's interesting because what ends up happening and I think a lot of that mentality that we pick up from our parents, I was, uh, you know, dirt poor. And then afterwards um, we were middle class. You know, yeah. like a mid to middle class. And I basically the majority of my life was middle class. But then when I got older, um, I remember that uh, I was having issues. And so for about a year and a half, I lived in my car. So you so, were homeless. So I was homeless, you know. And so like I navigated uh, things that way. Like uh, it, it was a bad situation uh, where I was growing up. And so it was better. It was actually a better idea for me to live in my car. I was still going to high school at the time. And so like living in my car, going to high school. So it was just this weird juxtaposition of uh, being extremely needy. Right. Mm -hmm. And then getting to a place where it was like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to have to figure this out. So I think from a very early age, I had that attitude of like, I, I need to figure this out. But that did not make the money, the poor money mentality go away. No. The irony of that is that then later on, you know, I got into corporate and I was making I was making more money than I'd ever made. I was a corporate trainer. I had, you know, there uh, there a lot of times there were checks that were just sitting in a drawer that I didn't even realize oh, you were, were one there. of those people. Yeah. Those people that have checks sitting in a drawer that they don't cash and I'm like, give me those checks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so like then I, I went through that period of time. But what's interesting about that is that even when I was there in that place, there was always this uh, doom cloud that just kind of like floats above you. Like, you know, yeah, you're doing fine now, but just wait. It could all go away. And your bubble is going to pop. Like there was always, so no matter what, even when I had money, it was like I was stressed out about About money. About keeping it? Yeah. Yeah, when you have it, when you're someone who worries about money, if you have it, you're worried about keeping it. Right. Right. And if you don't have it, then you're worried because you don't have any. You know, and it's interesting because like this subject, whenever people are talking about like finances and and helping people with finances, they basically talk about the brass tax. Right. So Mm -hmm. they they're like, well, you know, you're going to want to invest. And if you're going to save money, you're going to whatever. And and of course, those things are important. Yeah. But I think mostly uh, in order to really understand those processes, like you have to get to a place where like your money mentality is based on um, something that is much more optimistic than I think a lot of us grow up with. I think a lot of us grow up with with the parents that are like, we can't afford that. You can't blah, 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 blah. What do you think you're going to what do you think money grows on trees? Oh, yeah. you, you know, like all of the all the great. Uh, uh, discouraging messages that when it comes to money. Still. Yeah, <laughs> it's almost like we we can't help but go out into the world and have this really really poor money mentality. And then you know you get two people that get together like you and I, 
and we both have this uh, underlying uh, really bad money mentality. Yeah. And we, we start this business, which already right there has its own stigma when it comes to money. Being an artist absolutely has its stigma when it comes to, to money and being a starving artist yeah, and, and all that what stuff. What do you mean both of you are going to be artists? Like one needs to to be the breadwinner right. and the other, so the other one can do it. You're both trying to do this? I think the reason that I was able to actually approach this differently was because, like I said, I've had that varied childhood, right? So, like, there was really, really poor money mentality when it came to my mom. Yeah. My dad has slightly better money mentality. Dad's actually, uh, he was a great influence. I, I consider a lot of my ability to be able to let go of things has more to do with him because um, even though he would say, like, I'm broke, I don't have any money, you know, like, whatever – Dad always figured out a way to be able to do what it was that he wanted to do. Yeah, and uh, he's done some stuff that defies logic yeah, ex- as far as money is Exactly. Concerned. He has zero credit. He has no credit to speak of, uh, didn't necessarily have money, and somehow he still bought a house. There are certain things that have happened throughout his life that basically contradict a lot of the rules of money that that I grew up with the, a lot of those rules of like well you know you got to you got to do it this way and you got to do it that way and and all of those things that just kind of like gave me uh an opportunity to look at the opposite spectrum of it because no matter what whatever you have heard in your life about when it comes to money and just that poor money mentality like well if you're going to get money you need to blah 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 you need to save it you need to this you need to that when you look out in society, there are a lot of examples of people that are very happy that either A, don't have a lot of money or have a lot of money that completely defy all of those rules that we have for ourselves. Yeah. Going back to your dad for a second, I think your dad has two superpowers when it comes to money. And one superpower is his ability to not give a fuck. Yeah. Like, yeah. if it comes to a point where he's like, I don't know, then it's, I don't know. And then he just lets go of it and moves on and goes and feeds his chickens or whatever he's doing. Right. He he can let go of it and not dwell. And his other superpower is that he knows, and it's like ingrained in him, he knows that he'll be able to figure something out. Yeah. Because he always has. And because he always has, he knows it. Yeah. And because he's so confident. He always does. You know, and I think I think that you touched on something really important there because really a lot of the the money worry mm-hmm. is usually when you are not in a bind. Yeah. Right. Because what ends up happening is maybe you have enough to pay your bills, but maybe you're a little short for this bill and that bill's next week. And then you're thinking about your bills next month. And am I going to have enough for this? Am I going to have enough for that? So like you basically like start thinking about stuff way, way out. way out there. Right. You're not thinking about what's relevant today. Yeah. And what ends up happening is that you start ruminating. Yes. About stuff instead of like thinking like, OK, well. Uh, uh, how can I make some more money? What am I going to sell? What opportunities do I have? What da 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 da? You know, like thinking about new ways and new items and new things that new ways that you could put yourself out there and whatever and think about that. Instead, you're thinking about this bill that's three months out that's going to be $400. And then you're limiting yourself to like, how can I make $400? And then instead of like actually thinking like, how can I put myself out there? How can I increase sales? You're thinking of this specific number, 
right? Mm -hmm. Only because you are feeling like you don't have the money right now in order to uh, pay that bill. And so instead of focusing on the opportunities, you're focusing on the lack, on the fact that you don't have the money. Right. And so like what ends up happening is because that bill isn't due for another three months or another month or whatever, you sit there and you ruminate on that. And basically every decision that has to do with financial stuff um, it ends up being a process where that entire rumination is involved. Yeah. And so anytime you think of money – it becomes this stressful thing instead of being a thing of opportunity. You know, like one of the biggest uh, lessons for me that I learned was it to rewrite my entire story with money because like I grew up, you know, like money, money is the root of all evil. Money is this money is that, you know, it's funny because like you grow up and you hear like money is the root of all evil. Uh, people that are rich are stingy and they're mean and they're this and all, all these things, right. To like mm -hmm. talk about, uh, people that have money and yet you want money. You know yeah. what I mean? So like, uh, how, how do you get by making money if, um, you don't want to be one of these rich people right, who's stingy and money is the root of all evil. And the more money you have, the more crooked you are and blah, 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 yeah, blah. Like, it's the whole idea that, well, we might be living in poverty, but we hold the moral high ground right. because we're good people. But we do want money. You know, but it's this conflicting belief system. And you know what's hilarious about that? We uh, we listened to that, uh, the, the you know, the, the author that I forget what the book was called, but he's talking about debt and he's talking about debt throughout the ages. Right. And mm -hmm. He's basically an anthropologist and he's like looking back at, at the history of debt. And what he figured out was that wealthy people didn't feel beholden to pay their debts, but poor people that were indentured were beholden, felt beholden to pay their debts. And then their honor was mixed up with that whole thing, yeah, right? Yeah, their self-worth for all intents and purposes, not only their status in the community, but their self-worth was tied into it. Whereas for the wealthy people, uh, what's a few thousand dollars? Yeah, exactly. Gentlemen? There was debt forgiveness yeah. and there were like deals. It's like, well, I'll make you this bet or whatever. But like for, for the not wealthy people, it like was life and death, it was life and death. Not only that, but then you were transferring your indentured nature to your children. If you passed away, your children would inherit your debts and so on and so yeah, forth. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And it became a deal of honor. There is this sense that I think about that. Like, I'm very proud of the fact that I, we pay our bills on time that yeah. we have we don't you know that that here we are running this business and we pay our bills but i also am somebody that if we are in a hard bind uh there are certain bills that i'll be like you're gonna have to i'll call you and you're gonna have to wait you know like i yeah. I, I am not afraid to not pay my bills there are so many people out there that um are of that wealthy status mm -hmm. that have declared bankruptcy and it's not a big deal because it's basically it's it's a it's it's a forgiveness of debts right and you're talking about people that have money it's not like their uh coffers are dr are dry or whatever that saying yeah is. yeah uh, it's just a like you said debt forgiveness even mildly wealthy people right yeah. like we had a friend who told us well i'm broke because i only have enough money to live on for the next 10 years and I owe my friend $50,000 and he knows I'm never going to pay him back, you know, 
that's a gentleman's agreement. Yeah. We move forward from there. And I'm over here sweating bullets about like 200 bucks. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and it's interesting when you think about those things and those terms and like the difference in people. And of course, the one thing that we have uh, to be able to justify what we do. Well, at least I pay my debts. Right. You know, it like, makes me a good like, person. yeah, it makes me a good person. And it's so funny because morality got tied up in that. Oh, yeah. Like, no, totally. so, so here you are, you get a mortgage, right? You have a low interest rate, but basically at the end of the, your mortgage, you are paying for twice the amount of the house that you are buying at now. Least, yeah. You know, it, it's the same thing when you're looking at interest and you're looking at interest charges and stuff like that. Like a lot of the way that the money system works now, a lot of the way that debt works now is not the same that it was back in the day, but it's still based on, on those, uh, principles of like, well, you know, you gave me a horse. So what's equivalent to a horse? Well, uh, I don't know what's equivalent to a horse because um what is it that I need at that moment? Right. You know, if I'm if I'm thirsty and I'm in the middle of the desert, then a glass of water is equivalent to a horse. Exactly. Exactly. So it's weird because there's this unquantifiable thing when it comes to money that I don't think we we stop and we actually think about. We just kind of go uh, through the motions, the way that the system has been set up and the way that a lot of our parents dealt with money and the way that they thought about money. And, and we don't really, uh, think about it and grow outside of that, that system and just look at it for what it is. It's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous system. Yes, so like, it is. so it, the problem is in my mind, at least when I looked at like my, my life, right? Uh, it was kind of like what you said. With uh, life and death, money became life and death because at this point, money is a representation of food, shelter, like basically everything that if we were out and we were wild humans, we'd have to build our shelter, we'd have to hunt our food, we'd have to, you know, uh, cut down wood and build a fire. Basically, all of these things, safety, security, all that stuff is wrapped up in the green stuff. Not only safety, security, food, shelter, uh, community, friendships, family, like that kind of stuff can be hanging in the balance where debt is concerned. Your social status, which is still the case today, as you said, and your self-worth. And I think the worst one is your self-worth. This feeling that somehow you're less than if you have debt or if you struggle with money. And let me tell you, when you feel like you're struggling with money and you feel like you're a loser because of it or that you don't have what it takes to get uh, m- more money or to get out of debt, um, that's not a good place to be. Right. It doesn't put you in a mindset where you see opportunity. No, you're not going to see opportunity. You're not going to be innovative. You're not going to – the productivity is going to die because the reason yeah. that you're doing stuff at that point is because you're desperate. And that's one of the reasons that like not only in my book but when in the videos a lot of times I talk about being a desperate artist because essentially what ends up happening, you're not desperate because you're needy because you need stuff. you know. And I, and I get it. Like it's rough. Yeah. Getting to that place. But understanding that like life goes on. Hey, listen, if we lose our studio and our apartment, life goes on. If we lose our car, life goes on. Mm -hmm. Like there there is very, very little that is going to be able to actually stop me in life. The one thing would be death. Right. So like 
uh, you know, and it's not death and taxes. Taxes is not going to cause you to whatever. Don't pay your taxes for 20 years and then you're you're going to get in trouble. You know, yeah. and so many people are like worried about it because it's wrapped up in money and government and you're dealing with these things and you're dealing with that stuff and everybody thinks that they're going to like go to jail. And I'm like, you're not you, it's not that serious. If we are rolling in dough and making millions of dollars. Right. Mm -hmm. And then at that point, we decide that we're not going to pay our taxes. Then we're going to get in trouble. If if I'm making if we're making twenty two thousand dollars a year and um, we we file our taxes wrong, we're not going to jail. You know what (laughs) I mean? Like like and there there are certain things that when it comes to money and it comes to that seriousness around it all. And a lot of it is these unspoken social rules. Mm-hmm. Right. I remember um, a debt collector back in the day had called me up and, uh, you know, it was for for one of my credit cards. So the problem was I had an issue with this credit card because they were basically one of those credit cards that charged you um a, a super amount of interest and a membership fee and all kinds of things uh and right from the get go and like what i realized was like i had gotten into a credit card that i did not want to get into and essentially what i had spent was like maybe $50 and what i owed them was $350 mm-hmm. and i was like this is bullshit how does that work yeah exactly <laughs> so like when uh and and so that was on my credit and, uh, you know, that that's another thing like, oh, bad credit. If you have bad credit, it's a reflection on your person. Basically, you have dishonored your family. You have. And then yeah. henceforth, you may have nothing. Yeah, exactly. Which credit is a fluid thing. It changes. You have bad credit. You have good credit. You have bad credit. Uh, the debt collector called me and they were like, you know, you're going to have to, you know, the way that they call you, like, you're going to have to pay this and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, nope, not going to. They're like, what do you mean? You know, we could fight. We could take you to do it. I was like, no, actually, you can't. You can't. And I'm not going to pay that because, you know, I borrowed $50. I'll pay back the $50 and then you could call it quits. And then they threaten like, well, we're going to send this to another office who's going to be meaner to you. Yeah, exactly. Well, we're going to send this and this isn't going to go away and blah, blah, blah. And sure enough, I had to deal with phone calls for like another year. And then then they stopped calling. And then maybe a year later, uh, they wrote off the debt. When it comes to things like I want to pay my bills because I appreciate the stuff, right? There's a different mentality when it comes to it. I don't pay for the car because I'm worried that I'm going to lose the car because that would be detrimental to my money mentality. Mm -hmm. I pay for the car because I appreciate the fact that I have this car. And because it feels good to be able to do that. And and the fact that the, the, the bank was able to loan me the money and I appreciate that. And so, and I look at the interest rate and I look at how much interest I'm going to pay them. And to me, that seems fair. I don't get into any deals where I feel like I'm getting ahead. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's part of it too cuz I I you know there's a lot of companies out there that are willing to give you a loan but they're going to screw you in the end and I'm not going to get myself into any kind of debt where I feel beholden or I feel like I'm getting I'm getting taken advantage or of. Or where like for example interest is just impossible to keep up with like right. compounding interest or whatever right. they call it. Right. Exactly. So like that's that's if there was any money mentality rule that I would say I would say that that would be one of the main things to do. And if you are in that kind of debt um then get a a debt consolidation and that way you're not focused on it cuz that's the problem. If you're focused, you know like I hear when I grew up 
uh, you know, my dad would complain or my mom would complain about the electric bill, about the gas bill, about this bill, about that bill, mm-hmm. about having to pay rent, about, you know, like there was always any time that there was any bill that was coming up that was due, they would complain about it. So my whole thing was, let me get myself out of that mentality. And instead of complaining about it, I appreciate the electricity. Sure, maybe the the electric company is charging more than whatever, but this is what everyone's being charged. So I appreciate the fact that I get to work my studio at night. I, I appreciate the fact that I work in air conditioning and I'm not, you know, sweating my ass off outside. Like it is a difference between uh, looking at something as a burden and looking at something with appreciation. For the fact that you have that amenity or service or whatever. Right. Now we've been talking about debt and then you just transitioned over into basically week to week survival yeah. bills, uh, which I think is a main, you know, even if you don't have debt per se, just making your bills week to week, month to month. Um, well, and, and really, like you said, not focusing on that, but a lot of people do. You yeah. know, because it is a basic need. Well, yeah. Um, to to survive. Yeah, and it happens monthly. And but here's the thing. Let's be honest. It is a basic need if you want to continue living in the society that you're living in. Right, which most people do. But can you make changes in your life? Of course you can. So when it comes down to it, that was this was something that is difficult to really quantify. But it was something that I had to do. I like living in uh, the place where I live. I like having air conditioning. I like having lighting. I like having amenities. So like, because that's what I want, essentially it is my choice to put myself there. But could I, um, you know, uh, live in a cabin out in the woods with no electricity, no nothing? That right there cuts down the majority of my bills. Yeah. And so like if you are living the lifestyle that you are living and you are satisfied with that lifestyle, then those bills are there because you that is them. that's what you choose. And it's that's the appreciation of it. There's such a subtle difference in opinion of the way you look at it. But the thing is that in one sense, it is very empowering to understand this is my choice. This is the choice that I'm making. I want the electricity. I, you know, I sure I could be the person that is like, hey, close the door. The air, the AC's on. Turn off that light if you're not in that room. Da 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 da. You know, micromanaging my electric bill. Or, uh, you know, I could just appreciate the fact that, like, okay, it's nighttime. We've had all these studio lights on all so day. Many so we know that the electric bill is going to be a certain thing every month. Yeah. And so, like, how do we prepare for that? You make a really good point, and it's it does seem subtle, but it did help me. And, you know, I had major money struggles uh, with money mentality. Uh, we've worked through a lot of stuff together. But stopping looking at expenses as burdens and realizing that I choose to have those expenses and I could choose otherwise really did shift my mentality in a right. positive way. Does it help me get those bills paid? Well, yeah, I could argue yes, actually. Uh, because I'm not in a negative headspace just when it simply comes to having to pay those bills. Right. Now, 
like brass tacks, as you said earlier, we did put a, a system in place where we know generally what our monthly expenses are and we put money aside every week. So it's not like having to come up with one lump sum at the end of the month to try right. to cover it, right. which helps us. It helped us shift our focus away from that. But the reason that that system got put together and the reason that I understand that system is because I did it not so that, oh, I need to be able to pay my bills. I did it so I wouldn't worry about right. it, right? So the system is in place. And so we have our account. We have another account. We basically broke down our bills by an average of every week. Or like if somebody gets paid every two weeks, you break it down by the every two week. Mm -hmm. And essentially what you do is you set that money of all your bills, of the total of your bills aside, and you put it in a different account that you don't touch. You try not to anyway. Sometimes yeah. you have to borrow from that account. Sometimes you do, but basically what you do is you break it down um, in a way where you're paying an additional month every year on your bills. What that also allows you to do is take a really close look at your bills and see if like everything you have is something that you need. Yeah, absolutely, because you might be spending money on something and realize that the yearly expense for that is not maybe worth it to you. Right. Or maybe, you know, like it's on notice, we're going to assess. Now, all of this sounds really cool, but I want to make something very clear as someone who has struggled with money. You're not going to flip a switch and turn off worrying about money. No, no. In this, fact, this is a This is a process that might take you a lifetime. Because yeah, as, as much as I've made progress with it, I still worry about money. I keep track of our books and our records and I'm looking at the accounts every day and sometimes I'm like, yeah, good. And sometimes I'm like, oh, not good. And sometimes it's just a matter of like, oh, okay, I'm worried about money right now and I, got, I don't need to. I don't need to. Right. Because, and why don't I need to, right? Because that sounds good on paper too. Oh, you don't need to worry about it, but what happens when the bill is due? One thing I can tell you for sure it's never been as bad as what I imagine it's going to be when right. I'm worrying. Right. And we've been homeless for all intents and purposes. Yeah. Um, we lived in a pop-up camper in the very beginnings of our, of our relationship. <laughs> because we yep. needed to get out of where I was living and we had, didn't figure out a plan. Uh, so we lived in the pop-up camper. We've lived in our truck. We... Um, You've lost everything. Yep. This was previous to knowing me. Everything. Yeah. I've had uh, bills where I was just absolutely sweating bullets, not knowing what I was going to do. I could see no possibility of coming up with the money. And uh, and then it always seems to work out. I whether mean, you could, and, and that sounds airy fairy, but whether you get the money or you don't get the money, like it's never been. As bad as I think it's going to be when I'm in that place where I'm worried. Well, here's the thing. I don't think that's airy-fairy. You know why? Because you're sitting here. So I'm here. obviously at no point in time did being broke kill you because right. you're here. The other thing too is that worrying has never gotten me anything. There is no point to worrying. It's not like you, you're like, you know what? I really need to worry about this. Mm -hmm. And like, that it that it helped you find a solution. You don't find a solution when, when you're, you're worried. worried about stuff. You find a solution when you're optimistic. You find a solution when you're willing to say like, you know what, I'm going to figure this out. And you have determination and you feel empowered. If you're sitting in hopelessness, desperation and worry, you're not going to get shit done as far as making money. And 
the only reason that you would be sitting in those places is because you think that the detriment is bigger than what it actually is. Yeah, and sometimes uh, your brain's like, ma, 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 about it, and you can't really dismiss it because it's just there screaming at you. And you would ask me, which I found helpful eventually, what was, what, what's the worst thing that could happen to you? Like, right. let's say that you can't pay your rent, right? Well, for a little while, if you can't pay your rent, Whereas your brain wants to tell you that, like, the the next day immediately following not being able to pay your rent, you're going to be out on the street, right? And all right. Your, all your stuff is going to be confiscated. What remaining things you have left are going to be on fire. Like, it's going to be raining and sad music is going to be playing in the background. Well, chances are, if you can't pay your rent, you're going to contact your your landlord or whoever it is that you owe that money to and let them know. Yeah. And chances are they're going to give you an extension. Yeah. But then what I get behind, then that debt just compounds upon itself. Well, what if you lose that place to yeah. live? Then what do you do? And realizing that it's not just this or a cardboard box. Like most yeah. of us have options that we don't even think about. You know, and sometimes, sometimes you don't. There's a lot of stories out there of people that lose everything. And they don't have a choice. I was somebody that lost everything and, uh, you know, I was willing to go and live on the streets for yeah. a while and pick myself up. At one point, um, you know, my brother came out of the woodwork and was like, hey, if you want to stay here or whatever. And I stayed there for a year while I was able to pick myself up. Mm -hmm. um, but even then, the way that I picked myself up was... Then I moved into my car and you and I traveled around the country. and yeah, which was insane according to most people that right, knew us. Exactly. So, I mean, there's a lot of standards in society that we need to follow. And I'm not, and like I said, I don't want to belittle the fact that there are people out there that have faced some really, really tough situations. But in every single situation that has been tough, you can't, you can't avoid the situation by worrying about it. Worrying no, is not ever going to get you anywhere. It's the single most useless thing that you can do. And I speak from experience because I've done a lot of worrying in yeah. my life. There is so many times that like the opportunity could be right in front of your face. But if you're so stuck in worry, you're not going to see the opportunities that are, that are there. You're not going to see that instead of just option A or B, that there is an option C, D, and F, you know, like, that you have choices. Yeah. When you are stuck in that place of worry, that's all you're doing is just being stuck in a place of worry and you're staying stagnant, which is one of the reasons that worry – whenever I find myself worrying about money, I will do whatever it takes to get out of that place because I know that essentially all I'm doing is standing there stagnant. We've been doing this art thing for almost a decade. Over a decade. We've been together for a long time. Yeah. During that time, you know, d d before that even, I was already thinking about these concepts. I've been thinking about this stuff and really, really working on my myself and my money mentality and my life mentality and all that stuff for 20 years. But I still will run into issues where I find myself wrapped up and in going into a downward spiral where maybe I'm worried about money or finances or something like that. And it will probably always happen to some extent, but it is what you do when you figure out that you're in that place and how do you pull yourself out and how do you put yourself in a place where you're empowered and 
you know, you're looking at it from all angles. Well, what if I can't pay it? Well, then I can't fucking pay it. Uh, what, what if this happens? Well, then that happens and then I'll figure it out. What if that happens? Well, then that happens. And then when it happens, when I cross that bridge, that's when I'll figure it out. Cause you're a lot more resourceful than you think you are when you're sitting there worried about what you're going to do. Exactly. It's like, almost like you want to pre-plan what it is that you're going to do in every single scenario. And it becomes overwhelming because actually you're not standing in that scenario. You don't know what you would do. Right. Because you don't know what opportunities opened up by then. You don't, you're not in that place. And so a lot of people worry about something that's going to happen in the future, but they're not there yet. They don't know what's actually going to happen in the future. They don't, they're not standing there yet. And the best time to really deal with a situation like that is when you are standing there and you could actually make a decision and make a choice in real time. Most definitely. And listen, when you catch yourself worrying about money, because you're going to come at it from whatever angle you can that's effective. I worried this morning. It wasn't about money, but whatever it is you're worrying about. And I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, I'm making the selfish choice right now, the very selfish choice to not worry about this. Why? Because it's dimming my light. Yeah. And it's wreaking havoc on my immune system to be in a state of worry. Right. And honestly, I don't want that for myself. I want to feel good and I don't want to dim my light. I want to shine as bright as I can. That's my selfish choice to not give a fuck today. Today. Yeah. To not give a fuck today. Right. And I, and I think that that right there, uh, I think is a perfect place to conclude because Really, ultimately, that's what it comes down to. Life is finite. Life is very short. And I had made a decision that I did not want to waste any of it worrying about money. Yeah. Or like, or, or anything, anything, really. Anything, really. When you're on this journey of ridding yourself of worrying about things like this, you're, you're going to see that you're, you might come up against people that think that you're nuts. Yeah. Friends that think Absolutely. Well, you should be worried. Yeah. That's the responsible thing to do. I've I've had friends say that to me. What do you mean you're not worried about that? You should be worried. If right. you're a responsible adult, you'd be worried about that. And I thought, well, well then maybe being a responsible adult's not all it's cracked up. No, to be. it's overrated. It's absolutely overrated. Um, but you might come up against and realize that most influences in your life, family, friends, what they all subscribe to this belief system that you should worry about things like that. And so they're gonna say that you're crazy or irresponsible. Um, but at the end of the day, they're probably going to secretly be envious of you if you're not worrying about those things. Oh, absolutely. Anymore. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, because it gives them talking points and you have to be willing to be uh, okay with that. You've okay. had people just straight up get mad at you oh, yeah. uh, and yeah. yell at you and not want to talk to you anymore because you're not worried about the things. Yeah. They want me to, they, they want you to worry. They want you to worry because if you're not worried, then what the hell have they spent the last three weeks uh, worrying about their stuff. Doing worrying about <laughs> their stuff. So like it's a it's, some people are going to get upset. Some people are going to get angry. And you got to realize like you got to live your life, man. And you got to live your life the way that you want to live your life. And hey, if you want to sit there and and waste a whole bunch of time worrying about some shit, then by all means go ahead and do it. I'm I'm not going to judge you. But uh, me personally, I, that to me is a waste of time. I have better things to do than sit there and worry about something. I've done plenty of that. I've spent a lot of time wasting my time worrying about stuff. 
Uh, I've worried enough for a lifetime, so I'm done. Yeah. And and it's that determination and that decision that like, you know what? I'm not a victim. I'm freaking empowered, badass, and I get to choose how I'm going to live my life. And I'm not going to let anybody tell me what it, I should or shouldn't do, especially if they're telling me you should be worried. I'd be like, you shut up, you know, like get out of my face. Go worry. So go, you go ahead and worry for the both of us. Like, oh, I don't have to be a part of that. I don't have to be a part of that. No, absolutely People, people are going to listen to this and get upset with us. Sure. And some people are going to get inspired and some people are going to be like, yeah, I already do that. Um, but the, the thing about it is like just sitting there and thinking about it, like, are your thoughts yours or uh, are your thoughts coming from somewhere else? It's yeah. that simple. And really, if your thoughts are making you feel like crap, like that you have no self-worth because you don't have X amount of dollars, like that's BS. Yeah. Money is just a means of exchange. And the wealthy people that I admire, that are happy, that are doing awesome stuff with their money, they understand that. Yeah. That their self-worth isn't tied up into it. It's not life or death, even though it can feel like life or death. It's a means of exchange. Yeah. Yeah. Your self-worth shouldn't be tied up to it because then when you have money, that means that you're good and awesome. And And then when you don't, then you're the scourge. Yeah. It's so stupid. It's such a stupid concept. And I'm curious to know you guys, I know that this ran a little bit longer than usual, but I'm curious to know what your thoughts are on money and your money mentality. And, and what do you think about some of the things that we said? You know, you could say uh, you guys are nuts or like, yeah, that's awesome. Whatever it is that you want. And thank you so much for listening, you guys. You guys are absolutely freaking amazing. I totally adore you. And if you like this and you want to listen to more like this, just click somewhere around here to subscribe. And that's it. Say goodbye, Clee. Good day. Adios. 